This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. What's going on, football fans? We got a special episode of First in Foxborough today ahead of Patriots-Ravens in week three coming up on Sunday. We are live at the intersection of First in Foxborough and the Winning Drive podcast with some special friends out in Baltimore. We got... Rita Hubbard and Cordell Woodland, the co-hosts of the Winning Drive podcast. Welcome to my friends out on the East Coast. How y'all doing, man? Thanks for having us. This for is, sure, this man. Fun. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I mentioned I used to do this uh, back in the day when I was on this uh, on, on this like website and podcast called the Blitz Network. I was doing a lot of Chicago stuff because I'm out from the Chicago area originally. Um, and so I would do that. Like I'd reach out to you know opposing teams, get get the get the low down from behind enemy lines, so to speak. So uh, no, it's it's good to have this little collaboration. And I'm looking forward to hearing about your thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens. First of all, how are y'all recovering after whatever that was last week? Oh man, uh, you know it. You know we're at the end of the week, so uh, we had to move on and 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 go to Foxborough now, right? Like onto the Patriots, and I had to do that on Tuesday. You know, I, I'm sure Cordell had to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but you can't harp on a loss like that too long, man. You can't let that type of thing linger because there's 15 more games to be played, and you know you, you just got to move forward. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's the end of the week now. We've had some time to kind of rehash it and, you know, face it head on, talk about it, uh, strip every reason as to why the loss happened, pass right. as much blame around as you could possibly blame. Uh, but I think, at least for me, being out at the castle and talking to Hobbs and talking to Lamar and 
hearing how they're, you know, kind of turning the page and moving on to New England, it kind of forces us to do the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's what you hear a lot about NFL teams, right, is that they say, look, OK, we dwell it. We dwell on it on Monday. We have our meetings, you know, we'll rip you in the film session and, and, and tear it all down to the studs and be mad. And then, look, it's on it's on to the next week. And that's kind of the beauty of it. You don't have time to dwell on the old stuff too long. You got to move on because there's another game coming up. But look, OK, yep. let's start this off with we want to talk a little bit about both sides of the ball on each team before we get down to what we think is going to happen, what we're going to predict. So I wanted to start this off asking some questions about the Ravens offense versus the Patriots defense, which has been an interesting bright spot for this team so far. But look, kind of in light of what we were just talking about, how much hell is Lamar Jackson about to bring to Gillette stadium? Because I mean, I think he's already been, got that chip on his shoulder, got the war path going. He already wants to prove everybody he's worth all that money. And then you come off a loss like that. I I mean, I'm looking forward to it in one sense because I have not seen Lamar Jackson play in person. I think it's going to be awesome. At the same time, I'm a little worried about what he's about to do in <laughs> Foxborough. Well, you know, Lamar, is for the first two games, has really been – spectacular um you know minus the fumble yeah potentially he had a pick six at the end of the game um on Sunday but at that point he's pressing because his defense can't stop a nosebleed so you know he's just trying to make a play but outside of that and and, and then interception in the first game with the Jets honestly they were just he was just trying to pat sad at that point too. So that was another one that I was just kind of, everybody's just kind of like ah you know whatever because that game was way out of you know reach but I, I think that Lamar um, has already heard the jargon about the Ravens never beating the Patriots and Foxborough during the regular season. He didn't forget the game, the rain game um, two years ago about with, when Cam was the, the you know, quarterback and, you know, the Ravens were favored to win that game. Obviously, we know how that went. Um, and then also they lose Nick Boyle in that game to a knee injury. So, um, I just think that Lamar, like we like to act like guys forget things. I don't think Lamar is that type of guy. I think he remembers things very well. And he has, I'm sure he has that like, okay, so the Ravens have never won. All right. And and then I, I felt like I, I let that other game get away from me. So what do I do to get it back? Add to the fact that you already mentioned, like, you know, we know that he's in his fifth year option, came out of training camp without a new deal. So, you know, he's very focused right now. I, I'm really impressed with how the Ravens have kind of changed some things um, this offseason from an offensive uh, perspective. They have him under center more. He's playing really well with throwing the ball outside the numbers so far. So, yeah, I just think that th this is a different type of Lamar than it was two years ago. He's extremely focused. Um, and then there's a sense of him feeling like he probably has to put this team on his back because this defense, as of right now, is not playing extremely well so you know I, that's where I think Cordell yeah I mean it's, it's no doubt Lamar's playing with a chip on his shoulder this year I, I think number one Lamar wants to re-emphasize because I I don't want to make it sound like this is the first time he's doing it but I want to use the word re-emphasize how good of a passer he is uh, because a lot of people I think tend to forget that Lamar is a quarterback and while he is an exceptional runner he is really good as a passer, and you're already seeing that this year. Uh, six touchdown, six touchdown passes, got the one interception and garbage time against the Jets. 
Uh, last year, sacks was a big issue for Lamar in this past offense. He's only got two sacks so far in two games uh, with a 120.1 passer rating early. And, you know, the, everybody had questions as far as, well, is Lamar going to run as much this year because he didn't run much against the Jets? Well, that question was kind of answered in the Dolphins' loss last week with Lamar having that 79-yard touchdown run finishing the game with 119 yards on the ground. He is literally this entire offense right now because we're used to seeing the Ravens be able to run the ball, and they can't do that right now. J.K. Dobbins not being there is a reason for that. Uh, Ronnie Stanley not being on the offensive line is a reason for that. It'll be interesting to see if at least one of those guys make it back on the field this week. Um, I'd like to think J.K. Dobbins is going to be out there, but we'll have to see because he got a full week of practice last week, didn't play. He practiced fully so far this week. We'll see what happens on Sunday. But Harbs has been kind of vocal about his dislike for certain types of field textures. Mm. And the and Gillette Stadium is amongst one of those field textures that I don't think Harbs is a big fan of. So when yeah. you have guys that are coming back off ankle and leg injuries, uh, I think he's going to be a little hesitant with that. But I think necessity – out of necessity, they're going to probably play J.K. Dobbins this week because they've got to get something out of the run game. And you talk about that New England defense. They are a game plan defense. Um, they, they switch up how they play teams based off what that team likes to do. And, you know, Harbs is one – I mean, Lamar is one of those players that uh, I think Bill Belichick is very fond of. Uh, not many players can get oh, yeah. Bill Belichick to talk the way he he has so far this week about Lamar. Um, oh, yeah. And Lamar joked at this presser talking about he saw Bill Belichick smile during the time where he was, you know, went to the uh, Patriots uh, when they brought him in for a meeting during the draft uh, time. So, you know, I definitely think Bill Belichick respects what Lamar can do out there. And, you know, it's without a doubt he's going to try to put together the best game plan possible to take Lamar out of the game. Will it work? We'll see. You know, it, it's, it's only been a few situations where Lamar has been taken out of the game. Weather is usually a big part of that. If there's a good weather day on Sunday, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And you know what? That's, that's um, so many great points in there. Cause I was there yesterday when Bill got to talking about Lamar Jackson and there, there are only a certain cut, certain few players that get Bill to kind of like, get that little smile, get get that mm -hmm. almost little like childish sort of just like just, Reed, he's a football Reed, fan. Ed Reed used to be one of those oh, guys no. to yeah. get a smile from. Ed, Ed Reed. Well, I mean, <laughs> on, on the like what top hundred players or, or whatever. Yeah. We yeah. About, like like you think that Ed Reed was his son? Like he's so <laughs> yeah. he's like so proud. Yeah, he talking him. about how that that one play <laughs> that he had against Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, all those years yes. ago where he baits him in an interception. Bill's just like over here about to jump out of his seat. He's like, you see what he did? He like whirled around. He, he, oh, my God, that's one of the greatest plays I've ever seen a yeah. free safety make. And it's like, okay, maybe Lamar's not there because he doesn't quite have the longevity yet. But right. but but they asked him, and, and I feel like this is usually a thing you don't see from Bill Belichick, right? It's like, oh, yeah, like what did you uh, you know think about Lamar coming out of the draft? And it's like, Phil, that's like, oh, yeah, you know, we do a lot of work on a lot of players or whatever. You know, like kind of the way he talks, we do a lot of work on everybody. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, we spent, he's like, we spent a lot of time with him. And it's like, yeah, I had a good time with him. And he's an interesting guy. And then he's talking about how he's an MVP type candidate. Yeah. And he's like, without a doubt, like, no doubt, he's answered all the yeah. questions about throwing from the pocket. And he even slips in this whole, 
can't wait to see what that contract looks yeah. like. And I'm just like, Bill, you're over here wilding. What's up with you? <laughs> you're like, like you don't talk about you don't talk about people like this. You know what? No. And, and you hear that, and you know, and there's been a lot of obviously there's been a lot of conversations out here in Baltimore about Lamar and his contract with the Ravens and things like that. And everybody is is has their reasons as to why the Ravens can't pay Lamar this crazy number because of what it'll do to their salary cap and whatnot. But it, and, and as I continue to remind people, the Ravens aren't the only team in the league. There are plenty of other teams out there that I think really love what Lamar brings to the football field. And if the opportunity came, I don't think it's, it's a lot of teams that would, what, that would hesitate to do what it takes to bring in a quarterback of Lamar's status. So, you know, to hear Belichick kind of give him his flowers like he did and to talk, to even go as far as to bring up the contract, you know, that that was definitely eye-opening. And as far as the respect factor, you know, I, I look at the Patriots and the Ravens organizations as kind of like mirror images of each other. There's a mm. big-time respect there because, you know, obviously on the field, you're usually going to get very good games when these two teams play. But even off the field, the way that these franchises are run, their their uh, their their views on things, just the culture of each team is very similar in a sense. So, you know, it's I think it's a big time respect factor there because a lot of pay players that you see on the Ravens would probably fit in very well with the Patriots and Matthew vice versa over years past. That's why I yep. Matthew, Matthew Judon is a good example yep. of that. Yep. Matthew, yeah. Matthew Judon is perfect here. And mm -hmm. he immediately, and, and the, the thing I like about him, and he talks about being a Raven all the time. And and I think that was actually something he, he brought up uh, last week when talking about the Steelers. He was yeah. like talking about yes. the, the mutual yeah. respect of going up against the Steelers. And he's like, you're not a Raven until you beat the Steelers. At, you know, over there in Pittsburgh. And and just mm -hmm. like he he still carries so much of that with him. And and he and he comes right in here. The personality, everybody loves it. But yep. and it's like, yeah, the personality is great, but he gets down to business, right? It, it, it's not it's not all frills. Like when it comes down to being on the field, he gets it done. That's oh, his yeah. mentality. He fits in here perfectly. And also, you guys, I think uh, another guy that um, went to New England after he left here was Lawrence Guy. Um, Larry, so that, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's a consummate patriot, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I was about saying, I think that he turned into being like a a, a popular, for lack of a better term, maybe not because because defensive line guys are like really hard, yeah, to be like popular. But he was a very effective player, so I can absolutely see, you know, how that goes. And, and I agree, from the top to the bottom, they're run very well structurally. Um, so it, it it makes sense that there's a mutual respect for each other. And, and everybody knows the story of Bill Belichick giving the Ravens um, the, the, the thumbs up when it came to John Harbaugh in his interview process. So, you know, a big part of John Harbaugh, Harbaugh being here is because of Bill Belichick's approval uh, of sorts, because Steve Bishotti went out um, and asked him personally what he felt about him. So that just says a lot. Um, I, I am concerned though, however, about this Patriots defense. I mean, it, it, it still feels like they're still, Patriots defense. It's so uh, interesting because yeah. we weren't sure. All, all we all we heard about in in the off season and in, in the in pre draft process is look at all the holes on this defense. They got run. They got absolutely smoked in that wild card game. Just just abused by Josh Allen. And it's like okay, they don't got any linebackers that can cover. What's right. going on with their cornerbacks? They lost J C Jackson. They got mm -hmm. nobody. 
And through two games this year, I mean, they didn't even really go out and make any crazy additions, right? The cornerbacks they added were were third and fourth round guys, and they they threw in a couple of veterans. They bumped Jonathan Jones from the slot to the outside, and then you got Mac Wilson starting now. He's a the guy they traded for, but nobody was really looking at him like much. And then what did they do? They went out and held that Miami team that just went supernova at the end of the game. They held them to 20 points. They held the Pittsburgh Steelers, albeit with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. So take that <laughs> for what it's worth. But they held them to 14 points. And so you're just like, man, maybe we were really too down on this defense after all, because they've been playing up to a level that, I mean, maybe they kind of hinted at during training camp, but we thought maybe it was a fluke. I don't know. They might actually be decent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's tough to really sleep on a Bill Belichick-led team in general, but specifically the defense, just because they always find a way. And while they ultimately end up getting good players, they, they never really have like the outrageous big names. It's never like, you know, household names that they have on their defense or even historically on the offense either outside of a couple of guys that we know who they are. But, you know, they, they just get it done with who they have. It's, it's, it's usually an organizational thing where you can kind of have the roster turnover each year and you can still go out there and, you know, be a respectable uh, unit on that side of the ball. And looking at this Ravens offense, I am a little concerned just going up against this Patriots defense because right now the Ravens don't have – they're one-dimensional right now. Mm. It's crazy we're sitting here talking about the Ravens are a passing team right now, yep. and they're doing yeah, it that's very weird. well. They're doing it very well as, a, you know, passing the ball, but not being able to run the ball. I, I think it cost them the game on Sunday against the Dolphins, not being able to put that team away when you have a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. If you're going to go up against this Patriots team, the worst thing you can do is be one-dimensional. You don't want to make it easy for them, and yeah. you don't want to make it so, again, that Lamar Jackson is your only source of offense I mean I get that he's the quarterback so the passing game it is what it is but the running game his leg should be used as as a uh as an additional piece it should be used as a bonus right now it's a necessity he's the only thing that they have in the backfield that can kind of go forward so I will be interested to see if J.K. Dobbins gets on the field this week because even a limited J.K. Dobbins I think will help this run game big time yeah most definitely what you got, Rita? I, listen, I, I, everything Cordell said is, is is accurate. I mean, my concern is is that um, that they are all, they are all one dimensional, and I was kind of like peeking at um, Patriots. Uh, stats defensively um, earlier and I was just kind of like okay from a defensive perspective they're still you know a, a very good and so you just have to find a way you have to find some type of balance even if it's like 70 30 right now it's not it's a it's 95 five yeah, and yeah. Um, that's just not gonna cut it you know look do what you can you know I, and this this is going to be a tough feat for them because this defense is good it, it, Bill Belichick's defense has never been you know, um, complex. It's never been in a situation where they've been really down, not to my recent memory, not consistently anyway. So right. you just have to find a way to, you know, um, to try to to keep yourself on the field and score as many points as you can. And, you know, if you're one dimensional and doing that, if they find a way to take away your passing game, well, and, and then add the fact that Devin DuVernay potentially doesn't play because he has a concussion. That's one guy less that you have. What are you going to do? Because you can't run the ball. 
unless Lamar right. Jackson is running the ball. So, um, yeah, I, it, it will be interesting. I'm curious to see if there's some guys that come back, uh, Ronnie Stanley, um, and then uh, potentially you make some changes on the offensive line, particularly that left side, which has struggled some. So that could help. J.K. Dobbins, you already mentioned, if he finds a way to come back in some type of limited capacity, that could help. But um, it's crazy how we are having this conversation about how the Ravens are some passing juggernaut two weeks into the season and can't run the football. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? You, you mentioned, right, Devin Duvernay. Not potentially not being able to play, but I wrote about another guy, another Ravens wide receiver who normally you're not used to hearing that much about because it's always about Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews in the past. Game. Yeah, on the tight what about, Yeah, what about Rashad Bateman? Because that man exploded last week yeah. on that on that touchdown. He, he got mm-hmm. he was getting moving, and it feels like they, I mean we don't we don't want to overdo it here, but it feels like they've got a guy right now that is. A problem and, and it could present an actual problem that is not a tight end and you know is a bit different from the typical Ravens offense right because you know Cordell you mentioned that uh Bill Belichick is a game he's a game plan guy right they have a game mm-hmm. plan defense and they'll do weird things like yeah they'll invert their safeties and linebackers at the line of scrimmage to try and corral Lamar at the line of scrimmage and, and do things like that but now you've got potentially a, a a wide receiver that can destroy you if you mm-hmm. if you let if you don't get him off the line of scrimmage and he could just go how much of that do you think is going to impact the way the Patriots might normally play against Lamar Jackson in this offense a lot you know and honestly it could be to the Ravens detriment because you you know I think that the Ravens so far this year this this year has they benefited off the fact that teams are loading the box because they're used to team teams are used to the Ravens being run first and the Ravens have kind of played off of that and done a lot of early down play action they they've been able to really pass the ball extremely well because teams are still thinking that this is a you have to stop the run game first now if the Patriots decide that they want to do the opposite and want to take away some of these receivers that that could present a problem for the Ravens but I'll say this that uh while Rashad Bateman has been incredible and he's been very good off of limited opportunities too this isn't a guy that's getting you know six catches a game or anything like that he, he's what two catches the first game and a touchdown four catches and and a touchdown in his last game you know he's doing it he's, he's been very efficient but I'm going to look for if there if, if Belichick is like okay we got to take Rashad Bateman and obviously he, he's not going to turn a blind eye to Mark Andrews either I would look at as they are likely to kind of be the guy to pop out this mm. week, especially if Devin Duvernay isn't going to play. I thought Isaiah likely played really good this past week on Sunday. Definitely a huge bounce back from his donut game against the Jets. And he was probably one of the more consistent guys on the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens throughout training camp. Yep. So he would be that third guy that I think would get off. And I don't think anybody's going to fly under the radar uh, when Bill, you know, when it comes to Bill Belichick putting together a game plan, but if it's going to be like, okay, we're going to take away, we're not going to let Bateman beat us, we're not going to let Andrews beat us. It, I could honestly see Isaiah Likely having a big time day because there's not much film on him. A lot of people don't really know what this guy can do, but he he, he can be really good if given the opportunity. So I, I'll definitely have my eye on number eighty this week to see if he gets off. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we talked a lot about Ravens offense and Patriots defense. Let's flip this script a little bit. And you know what? I I, I feel like <laughs> when it comes to the Patriots offense, sometimes it, it, it's almost hard to tell exactly what the story is. And and I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious from from your perspective when when you think about the Patriots offense, what you're worried about or what you've been hearing about. Like, is it? play calling is it mac jones like like what is it i mean for me it's the run game you know is yeah. you can go throughout history the patriots are a team that are going to run uh run the ball uh and they've got a loaded backfield right now a couple of guys back there between damian damian harris um you got stevens deandre stevenson back there as well you know it's one thing about the patriots that even if the run game isn't working they're going to stay with it and they've got, they may not have Pro Bowl receivers out there, but, you know, a guy like Nelson Aguilar can definitely make plays down the field. It's, it's, it's not an offense. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's not an offense that necessarily scares me. But I'll say this about the Patriots. You know, even last year, they had their moments where the Patriots got hot towards the middle of the season. I mean, and the offense just clicks at times. It gets to a point to where it's like, wow. Just look up and the Patriots have like 35, 38 points out of nowhere. And it's like, where did this come from? And I think it's a big time combination between their offense and their defense kind of being in sync. Their defense can force turnovers at times. And I think the offense, when they're really clicking, takes advantage of really good field position. But you talk about a team that when they get up and they kind of slow the game down and they kind of want to hold possession and kind of grind the game out and make it slow and ugly, that's kind of what the Patriots want to do. And historically, that's been the Ravens style of play, too. So usually that kind of plays to the Ravens' hands. I don't know if that'll play to their hands this year. We'll see. Uh, But as far as the Patriots' offense, nothing necessarily scares me. I'm not overly I'll be honest, I'm not overly concerned about Mac Jones. It's not that I don't think he's a good quarterback. I just feel like, you know, he's hit or miss. You never know what Mac Jones you're going to get. And he might have a really good game. And then it's like, man, he just kind of torched us. But then he can can look, you know, pretty average out there at times too. So that in itself is dangerous because I think that the Ravens kind of disrespected Tua on Sunday. And I think you saw that with him kind of being able to throw the ball over the the secondary's head quite a few times in that fourth quarter. I don't think they'll make that mistake again, kind of, you know, disrespecting NFL quarterbacks. I think this week 
the Patriots might be playing these guys at the wrong time because they'll have a Ravens team that's like, all right, our ears are up now. We 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 gave away a game on Sunday. It we're we're ready for everything this week. Yeah, we had um I do a uh, show every uh, other week with Ravens linebacker Tyus Bowser, who right now is on injured reserve because he got injured last year with an Achilles. But um, he always has um, a guest. So uh, the guest was Marlon Humphrey um, mm. this week. And Marlon was just like, he's he's dealing with a groin injury, but he said he's going to be ready to play. He is so upset about how the way they played um, in Sunday's game, even though Marlon wasn't really a part of the fourth uh, quarter meltdown he wasn't a part not really he wasn't a part of, it, of any of the touchdowns you know he that's still his teammates and he still feels some type of way about how that happened um obviously like you, you guys got Aguilar you got Devontae Parker they're not as you know elusive in terms of um Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but they're a veteran group of guys that you know still can you know be impact players. Add Hunter Henry, which that was one of my guys coming out of the Chargers. I was a big fan of his um, when he before he signed you know to the Patriots, and so there's there's skill players there. You know what I'm saying? Um, that could potentially do some things. I do think that the biggest question is what is Mac Jones going to do with those weapons on Sunday? And you know. You do have a secondary that is reeling. They, there's a lot of miscommunication um, there last week. Their pass rush for the Ravens is still uh, dismal. That's probably a nice way of putting it um, uh, to the point where, you know, they had JPP coming this week again. This is the second visit. Um, they know it's a problem. Um, and then there's some issues in coverage from the linebackers. Oh, by the way, they're only they only, they only have two outside linebackers available. So, you know, th- th- this is look, if Matt Jones is going to have a good day, this could potentially be the good day. But then, like Cordell said, they are probably super upset about what happened last week. And now they are like, you know, they're they're super focused because they can't have something like that happen again. So I'm very interested in this matchup because of how the Ravens melted down last week. And because I do think that there's some good skill players um, on the Patriots side of the ball. Yeah. And you know what, what's interesting is you, you mentioned Mac Jones and miscommunications and stuff like that. There were a couple of blown coverages in, in week two that, I mean, Mac Jones wasn't able to take advantage of. He had a guy, uh, little Jordan Humphrey running right down the middle of the field, missed him for a touchdown. And First of all, I love his name. I just want to tell you, Lil I love Jordan. Lil Jordan. I don't care about Lil Jordan. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, either way, right, whether you say Lil Jordan or LJ, I mean, it's yeah. like it, it, it works. He just sounds cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. always going to call him Lil Jordan because, hey, man, that's the name. That <laughs> is the that, name. <laughs> that's an that's a all-name team. That's some Key and Peele yes. level, yes. level uh, yeah. East-West Bowl yeah. kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, but but you, going back to Mac Jones, it's like, I, I got to be honest, I don't love the way that he's playing right now. It's not bad, right? He's not playing horribly. It's just not that impressive. That whole second year leap, everybody just, you know, hope that you just come right in and pick up where he left off or even be better. And I saw signs of him getting better, um, you know, in mini camp and in training camp, but really the offense is kind of all over the place at points and he wasn't looking comfortable. He still looks like he's trying to find comfort. He's also looking like he's trying to, do things that are, test his ability, like test his limits. Like he's throwing but more 50-50 balls. He tried to throw rolling out to his left, going against his body. One of them worked, actually. One of them was a good playoff of scramble where he actually completed the pass. And the other one, he almost got it picked off. It's like, Mac, what are you doing, my man? You know, 
And and I'm I'm curious from from your perspective because you've by now I mean Lamar Jackson's fifth year now. Uh, but when when Lamar was going through his second and 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 third year, kind of what kind of things did you see from him in terms of trying to realize his own limits, like in in terms of testing his own boundaries? And does it sound it, it you know concerning? When, when you're talking about Mac Jones kind of doing that without those amazing physical gifts, like he can't run around for 10 minutes like Lamar or Patrick Mahomes and Justin, he doesn't have the crazy arm. He's more of a, you know, old school pocket passer type of quarterback. But even with that being the case, like, do you think that, you know, based on what you've seen from Lamar, like, look, some of this stuff is just growing pains that young quarterbacks go through and it's not a reason for people to freak out. Absolutely. Um, you know, so we obviously know Lamar's second year was the MVP season. But the one thing that I think that stands out is that um, he had and people hate Greg Roman here. It's fine. I'm not one of those people. Do, is he uh, up for criticism? Absolutely. Do I hate him? No, because and I say that because in 2019, one of the things that worked out for him was having the three tight ends and Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst and Nick Boyle. Um, Nick Boyle was the guy that was blocking for the most part. Um, but, you know, you had two tight ends that could catch. And that was where Lamar um, flourished the most and passes in the middle which, you know, tight ends are, they're, they're going to be there. Um, his struggle up until recently has always been throwing outside the numbers. Um, and so when you have that type of system, you, you, you typically stay away from that. And that's what made that 2019 so successful in addition, obviously to the run game, but that that's what made it as good as it did simply because they played to his strengths and stayed away from his weaknesses. So I think that with Mac Jones, right, it's the same thing. You got to play what you know you can do. The other stuff you, you got to hope will come, whether it's coaching, whether it's you just putting in the work in the offseason, those types of things. But you can't force what you're not good at, because when you start forcing what you're not good at, somebody's going to make you pay. You know what I'm saying? And then and the Patriots are in a division where they pay to play the Bills, who are good defensively. They have good defensive backs. Um, you know, the schedule just isn't kind to, to, to playing like that. And you're in a division now that appears that Buffalo is going to be in the driver's seat, and now Miami has, type, has merged to being a contender. You can't take those types of chances. you got to play what's best – to your strength. And that's what they did for Lamar um, in his second season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and quick thing. I, I just wanted to, to kind of, to read his point. I think it's easy when you, you know, talking about Lamar because it's, it's, you know, what Lamar's strengths are. My question would be as far as Mac Jones, I mean, what is Mac, Mac Jones's biggest strength? Is it, because, I, and I'm kind of asking you that Kyrie, because I, I don't really know it. Uh, he looks like a guy that is, like I said, I, I think he's an average quarterback and at times can look like an above average quarterback. And I think he's pretty well-rounded. I don't think he necessarily does anything spectacular. He doesn't have the rocket arm. He doesn't have the athleticism uh, to run around. It's like, is it his mind or what it is? I, I don't know exactly what it is that is like, okay, well, Mac Jones has his deficiencies, but it's at least at least it's this thing that he can do really well. Like, does he have that one thing? Well, the thing is, like, the superpower is the one that you can't see all the time. It's his brain. It's his mind. 
And so it's about him being able to recognize things and process things at the line of scrimmage and eliminate, um, you know, kind of play process of elimination. Like, look, okay, I know what the coverage is. If they do this, I'm going to do this. And usually when it's going right, that's what that's what he does best, right? When the ball is snapped, it's like, okay, I saw what I'm looking for. Boom, not going to think about it. I know exactly what to do. And I feel like I've seen that in practice a couple of times where you know the Patriots defense will, will give him a certain look and then he then they'll they'll adjust real quick on the fly and then he's like oh okay that wasn't what I expected but okay I'm just going to go here now where he can move that fast through his progressions when it's all going right his accuracy in theory is also one of those superpowers where I mean people have talked about on the Patriots he throws a really catchable ball and and, and all of that and so um, he creates yards for his receivers by putting the ball on the money and letting them go and and make plays, right? So so it's like the little it's the little things, right? It's not the rocket arm, it's not the legs. Even though I think one little adjustment is that Mac Jones has been running around more this year and he's been scrambling and moving up through the pocket more. And I actually thought that was something he needed to do more last year. He wasn't running enough. He was leaving yards on the table because the defense wouldn't respect him. They would literally turn their backs on him down the field just to cover the receivers. And you got defensive linemen chasing after him and he tried to throw the ball down the field anyway. It's like, dude, you can outrun that guy. You ain't that slow. And, and this year he's starting to realize that like, okay, I could pick up a yard or two here. I could pick up this first down. Let me go ahead and give it a shot. So I think that's a positive part of his game that he's been using a bit more, which I think is good. He's not overdoing it. But for him, it's it's more intangible stuff. And that's where he can always get better at that. He can always learn more about the game. And he can still add. I think he has added a couple more RPMs to, to the arm, uh, you know, a couple more miles an hour when he gets his mechanics loaded up all the way. And he has been trying in practice to do some more of those off-platform throws and get used to it. But still, when it doesn't line up all correctly and he doesn't get all his weight behind it, the velocity is still not great and the accuracy suffers. Like he he airmailed Kendrick Bourne from a clean pocket last week where it's just, it was one of those dig routes that they always hit. Kendrick Bourne was wide open on the end route and he just he overthrew it. And it's just like, man, what's going on right now? Like, like that's just not something that you would do last year. So again, the, even his strengths right now, look like they are not being fully realized as whether he, he's, he's just not quite comfortable yet. Like they're still kind of knocking some rust off. But in theory, when Mac Jones is good, it's his brain that that wins the games, the, the brain and the ability to put the put the ball on the money. And, and those are the kinds of things that are harder to compute. But that's why, I mean, Cordell, you said that he could be an average to above average quarterback. Like, yeah, I think that's about what he is right now. Last year, he trended towards being a bit more above average than people think. I don't know that Mac Jones is ever going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL, but he could be a top 10 quarterback. He's just not there right now. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, and, and that's kind of how, you know, I thought about him and especially being in that, I think, you know, him being having the skill set that he has, I think he's in the right situation for it, you know, because if, if anybody knows how to maximize uh, and work with little to nothing and still get the best out of it, it's Bill Belichick and his, his coaching staff out there in New England. Um, so I, I definitely think he's in the right situation. And yeah, you know, again, th this Patriots offense, it doesn't necessarily wow you, 
But looking at this Ravens defense right now, that's kind of feeling sorry for themselves. They may be facing these guys at the right time. They've got a this Ravens defense is the pass defense is yet again worse than the league right now statistically. And even in the run game, a lot of a lot of attention has been given to what the, the what the Ravens have lacked in the pass game. Uh, in the in the Dolphins game, but so far this season, the Ravens have not been able to stop the run. It's been a big time issue for them. Nobody has run for over a hundred yards on them yet, but it's simply because of game flow, simply because of the, right. the script and what's going on. Yeah. When they have run the ball, they have been able to run the ball effectively against this team. So again, I know that the Patriots want to run the football. That's something that's that's always a staple of their offense. And if the Ravens are going to allow these guys to run up and down the field, it's going to be a long game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I think it's prediction time. And Rita, I want to start with you. How do you think this game is going to turn out? So this is hard for me because I think from a I think from a skill like a when you look at a roster perspective, you feel like the Ravens are, uh, I guess, a more well-rounded team, right? Because Mac Jones is still trying to get into the flow of who he is. That Patriots defense, they're, they're always going to be who they are as far as I'm concerned. Um, the mystique of Foxborough is one that I can't figure out in terms of, like, why they haven't won one in regular season. But, hey, it's a thing. And that's something that I do have to take account for, right? Like, it's still Bill Belichick. They still can't win at Foxborough at home. Um, that being said, I think this defense is really mad about what happened on uh, last Sunday against the Dolphins. I, I think they are very unhappy. And I think that they'll tighten up some things this week to make it better. I don't know if the run game changes for the Ravens. I have no idea. But um, I do think that they have some guys in place. I'm going to say this is a close game. And I'm telling you because I'm saying this because, again, the mystique of Foxborough, the mystique of Bill Belichick, you can never, I would never say, oh, the Ravens going to win 31 to 10. Like, yeah, that's just not going to happen here. So I'm similar to what happened last week in um, against the Steelers. Look, Lamar Jackson is better than Mitch Trubisky. I don't think any of us can argue with that. If Mitch Trubisky is a better quarterback, maybe the Steelers find a way to win that football game, but they don't have they didn't have one out there that day. We do have Lamar Jackson, which is the difference. So I'll say uh the Ravens 24, New England 17. There we go. What you got, Cordell? Yeah, I've been battling back and forth with this. Um a part of me feels like it could get ugly. I'm not going to lie. I think it might. <laughs> I, I, I really do think it might get ugly. <laughs> a part of me wants to say like 30 to 13 or something like that. But it's like, you know, Rita brought up, the you know, the, the fact of the Ravens not being able to win a regular season game in Foxborough to this point. That matters. It's something there. You know, it's something there. Bill Belichick is like this evil science genius that always has the recipe to, if nothing else, give you problems. It may not be the recipe to win the game, but it's going to be something that's going to make it tough for you to win the game. Um, so with that in mind, I'm, I'm still looking at this Ravens team. Look, they lost that game to the Dolphins, but they the Ravens to this point have only trailed for 14 seconds this season. And that was at the back <laughs> end of that Dolphins. <laughs> you, you know, so I, I, I want to, and Rita, we talked about this earlier uh, this week on our last episode of Winning Drive about are we kind of overreacting to the loss 
uh, to the Dolphins. As heartbreaking as it was, a lot of people were looking at it like the sky was falling. I t- I'm kind of going to look at it like a glass half full situation here and say, look, this was a team that I think let their guard down. This is a really good football team. They've shown that for the most part this season uh, outside of, you know, get blowing the lead at the end of that Dolphins game. The run game is what gives me worry. The Ravens not being able to run the ball is what really worries me right yep. now. That For that reason, I, I'm going to stay away from saying it'll be ugly, and I think it'll be closer than it probably should. I'm going to say it's going to be about 27 to 20. Yeah, you know what? I, I've got it currently at 24 to 20 Ravens. Now, I, I say it because, like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's more customary to, uh, you know, have the, the the team, you know, the guy talking about, about the Patriots, you know, pick the Patriots to win. But I actually had this game penciled in as a loss way back when, when the schedule came out. And I think ultimately the Patriots offense, yeah, the, the Ravens defense has been bad, but the Patriots offense hasn't been good. So it's like, I don't, I can't just be like, oh yeah, this is the week that they're going to go off. This is the week they're going to take advantage. Like, I can't tell you that. I really can't. And so I, I think that this will be, I'll put it this way, right? I don't know that Baltimore is going to get 40 on the Patriots or something right, like that. Right. I, th- I think that the deep, but are the Patriots going to get past 20 points? And, and it's like, if you're asking yourself that question, that's not good, right? Can yeah. an NFL get, you know, offense score more than 20 points? That I, I don't I don't feel good about that. So you know what? Maybe this is a get right get right game for them. Uh, you, but I also do think that the Ravens are probably a, a better team than that. To where look, we had two bad games. We can get it together. And the offense, even without the ability to run, and it's not like the Patriots have been world beaters against the run so far this year. They they really have. I mean they they've had some good stuff. Obviously they did well against the the Steelers though I think again some of that is well you can't you're not worried about Mitchell Trubisky go ahead throw the ball go go ahead box all day long baby go ahead Mitch you go ahead and throw you throw that ball I'm cool with that absolutely I dare you I actually dare you to throw it Mitch so yeah I I I completely understand how the Patriots won that game yeah but but the week before they weren't stopping the run like that you know Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert were getting yards They, they were getting pushed it was happening so I, I can't I don't think you can guarantee that it's just gonna be a walk in the park just because they're able to make Lamar, you know, or they're, they're able to just play on the fact that the Ravens are, are passing the ball mostly. And I don't think again, the, the secondary I think has been better than we've expected, but they ain't got a whole bunch of world beaters on there. And then you throw in the fact that Lamar at any point in time, whether it's a read option or a scramble, can just go 80 yards. That's terrifying. Like you yeah. know, I it's like part of me wants to see it because I want to see Lamar be, you know, be awesome. <laughs> but do I want to see that from the perspective of being a Patriot reporter? No, right. I don't want to see that at all. So I, I still have the Ravens winning this game. I do think the Patriots will be a little bit better on offense. They'll be able to put some things together and they will keep the Patriots in this game in, in terms of the, the Patriots defense will keep them in the game and, and they won't necessarily get supernova at the same time. Patriots offense got to prove something to me about whether or not they can score points before I can pick them to win a game like this. And I mean, and the Ravens defense, again, they, they, they've gotten a lot of flack because of what happened to the Dolphins, but they were really good against the Jets. 
you know, outside, again, the run game has been, a, I think, has been an issue in both of the games. That's been the common factor. But at least the passing game, the passing game was really good against the Jets, albeit it was Joe Flacco. But Joe Flacco kind of just ripped the shreds that Browns Kind of the Browns. Like, in the, yeah. In the right. second half himself, you know. So, and for the most part, I thought the Ravens did a pretty decent job against the Dolphins. I mean, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they were doing their thing the entire game. Uh, but at least they were able to contain them from scoring. You, you can get your yards, but it's all about getting in the end zone. If you're not going to get in the end zone, it's a win for the defense every time. Up until that fourth quarter, it was pretty good. So I'm I'm trying to fight not overreacting to the way that the defense looked in that fourth quarter and trying to fi- figure out who is this defense really. You know, I think it's somewhere in the middle. The injuries to the secondary definitely affected them in the back end of that Dolphins game. You heard Rita mention Marlon Humphrey was barely out there for the fourth quarter at all. I expect these guys to be a little more healthier this week. They didn't have Brandon Stevens last week. Brandon Stevens, is, we talked to him in the locker room this week after practicing. He sounds optimistic that he'll be on the field this week. So, you know, if they can get some of these guys back and not have to totally rely on rookies the way they did against the Dolphins, we may get a different, we may get a different Ravens team that's ready to put together a full four quarters. That's where I'm at with it, guys. I think that I think they're mad about last week. They know, they know. Marlon was not happy. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. He was yeah. not happy about it. So I, I only have to assume that his his reaction is a reflection of his um, peers. So yeah. yeah. And neither one of these teams can handle going one and two. I Honestly, just want to say that. Right, I, right. I, Particularly I in the divisions they're in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel like the, the Ravens could weather it better than the Patriots could because mm-hmm. what in the hell is going on with the Cincinnati Bengals, man? Like, uh, good, good. Well, I mean, basically I mean, what's, go- what's going on with the Bengals is the same thing that was going on with the Bengals last year is that yeah. they, can't, they, they can't pass protect. They can. but, yep. but even so, right, you're thinking, okay, maybe they're going to get right eventually. So, you don't, the Ravens don't want to slip any further down there at the same time. I, I mean, that that's the AFC North is bloody. All right. They beat the crap out of each other every single year. That just is what it is. Um, but I'll tell you what, Patriots go down one and two. And, and I mean, honestly, I kind of got them starting one and four. Ooh. You know, or, 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 rather, or rather, rather, I had them start. I have them starting one and three. My bad. I have them okay. starting one and three this year, schedule wise. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're, you're finishing third or worse because yeah. Bills, I mean, Bills might not lose a game. I mean, come on. They might not lose and the, the and, and We Buffalo said that last comes, year. Buffalo comes to Baltimore next week. Yeah. And then the Bengals come to Baltimore the week the after. So week, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that the Ravens want to go into that Bills game riding a two-game losing streak. That, that's not where they want to be. Yeah, no, they absolutely don't. You're right. The Bills will lose a game at some point. It'll happen. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, come on. That, that, that team is good. They look the good. Class. Yeah, the yeah, Bills going to be the class – of the of the AFC East, unless the Dolphins and Tua just come up and surprise everybody. But well, we'll right find, now, we'll find out this weekend. They play they play this weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. Build the Dolphins. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it's gonna it's gonna be some good stuff. You know what else was good stuff? This this was really fun. Yes, Thank you both sure. so much, Rita Hubbard and Cordell Woodland of the Winning Drive Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, breaking this down, previewing it. Like I said, this is like. One of one of the blackest podcasts probably in Odyssey history. <laughs> What's up? Uh, but uh, you know this, this was really fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for sure, having. man. This was cool.
Absolutely. Have a great one. Bye.